Shalom and welcome to Daily Bread for Busy Moms, a daily podcast where we read through the whole Bible every year, we follow the weekly Torah portions, and we read from the rest of Scripture daily as well. I'm Johanna, your reader today. Today is Tuesday, the um, 4th of April. And on the Hebrew calendar, the 13th of Nisan. Today in history, the Messiah celebrated an early Passover seder with his disciples, and he was later arrested on this day in history. Matthew 26, 17 through 56. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Luke 22, 15. At evening, all leaven is removed from Jewish homes. This is uh, from a tradition based out of Exodus 12, 15, and following as well as 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, but on the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. For whoever eats anything leavened from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. This was also the day when Haman, or Haman, drafted a decree to annihilate all the Jews on the 13th of Adar, 11 months later. Esther chapter 3, Then the king's scribes were summoned on the 13th day of the first month, that is Nisan, and it was written just as Haman commanded to the king's satraps. So this week we are not reading um, from a parasha, but rather we are reading special Passover readings. We'll be starting today with Exodus 33, 20 through 23. Let's take a moment first before we begin our readings to bless God and thank him for his word. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who gives the Torah of truth and the good news of salvation to his people Israel, and to all peoples, through his Son, Yeshua the Messiah, our Master. But he said, You cannot see my face, for man may not see me and live. Then the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. It will happen while my glory passes by, that I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you will see my back, but my face shall not be seen. That was Exodus, or Shemot, 33, 20-23. Our portion today from the prophets is Yeshayahu, that is Isaiah, 38 and 39. In those days, Chizkiyahu was sick and near death. Yeshayahu the prophet, the son of Amotz, came to him and said to him, This is what the Lord says, Set your house in order, for you will die and not live. 
Then Chizkiyahu turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, Remember me now, Lord, I beg you, how I have walked before you in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in your sight. Then Chizkiyahu wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Yishayahu, saying, Go and tell Chizkiyahu, This is what the Lord says. The God of David your father says, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will add fifteen years to your life. I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city. This shall be the sign to you from the Lord, that the Lord will do this thing that he has spoken. Behold, I will cause the shadow on the sundial, which has gone down on the sundial of Ahaz with the sun, to return backward ten steps. So the sun returned ten steps on the sundial on which it had gone down. A writing of Chizgiyahu, king of Yehudah, when he had been sick and had recovered from his sickness, I said in the middle of my life, I shall go into the gates of Sheol, I am deprived of the residue of my years. I said, I will not see the Lord, the Lord in the land of the living. I will see man no more with the inhabitants of the world. My dwelling is removed and is carried away from me like a shepherd's tent. I have rolled up my life like a weaver. He will cut me off from the loom. From day even to night you will make an end of me. I waited patiently until morning. He breaks all my bones like a lion. From day even to night, you will make an end of me. I chattered like a swallow or a crane. I moaned like a dove. My eyes weaken, looking upward. Lord, I am oppressed. Be my security. What will I say? He has both spoken to me and himself has done it. I will walk carefully all my years because of the anguish of my soul. Lord, men live by these things, and my spirits find life in all of them. You restore me and cause me to live. Behold, for my own shalom I had great bitterness, but you have in love for my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption. For you have cast all my sins behind your back. For Sheol cannot praise you, death cannot celebrate you, those who go down into the pit cannot hope for your truth. The living, the living, he shall praise you, as I do today. The Father shall make your truth known to the children. The Lord will save me, therefore we will sing my songs with stringed instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. Now Yeshayahu had said, Let them take a cake of figs and apply it to the boil, and he shall recover. Chizkiyahu also had said, What is the sign that I will go up to the house of the Lord? At that time, Berodach Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babel, sent letters and a present to Chizkiyahu, for he had heard that he had been sick and had recovered. 
And Chizkiyahu was pleased with them and showed them the house of his precious things, the silver, the gold, the spices, and the precious oil, and all the house of his armor, and all that was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house, nor in all his dominion, that Chizkiyahu did not show them. Then Yeshayahu the prophet came to King Chizkiyahu and asked him, What did these men say? From where did they come to you? Chizkiyahu said, They have come from a country far from me, even from Babel. And he asked, What have they seen in your house? Chizkiyahu answered, They have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not shown them. Then Yeshayahu said to Chizkiyahu, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and that which your fathers have stored up until today will be carried to Babel. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. They will take away your sons who will issue from you, whom you shall father, and they will be eunuchs in the king of Babel's palace. Then Chizkiyahu said to Yeshayahu, The word of the Lord which you have spoken is good. He said, moreover, For there will be shalom and truth in my days. That was Isaiah, or Yeshayahu, chapters 38 and 39. Our next portion will be from the writings, and today it is Proverbs, or Mishle, 28. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. In transgression, a land has many rulers, but by a man of understanding and knowledge, its stability endures. A needy man who oppresses the poor is like a driving rain which leaves no crops. Those who forsake Torah praise the wicked. But those who keep Torah strive against them. Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand it fully. Better is the poor who walks in his integrity than he who is perverse in his ways, and he is rich. Whoever keeps Torah is a wise son, but he who is a companion of gluttons shames his father. He who increases his wealth by excessive interest gathers it for one who has pity on the poor. He who turns away his ear from hearing Torah, even his prayer is an abomination. Whoever causes the upright to go astray in an evil way, he will fall into his own trap, but the blameless will inherit good. The rich man is wise in his own eyes, but the poor has understanding, who has understanding sees through him. When the righteous triumph, there is great glory, but when the wicked rise, men hide themselves. He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Blessed is the man who always fears, but one who hardens his heart falls into trouble. As a roaring lion or a charging bear, so is a wicked ruler over helpless people. 
A tyrannical ruler lacks judgment, but one who hates ill-gotten gain will have long days. A man who is tormented by lifeblood will be a fugitive until death. No one will support him. Whoever walks blamelessly is kept safe, but one with perverse ways will fall suddenly. One who works his land will have an abundance of food, but one who chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. A faithful man is rich with blessings, but one who is eager to be rich will not go unpunished. To show partiality is not good, yet a man will do wrong for a piece of bread. A stingy man hurries after riches and does not know that poverty waits for him. One who rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than one who flatters with the tongue. Whoever robs his father or his mother and says, It is no transgression, is a partner with a destroyer. One who is greedy stirs up strife, but one who trusts in the Lord will prosper. One who trusts in himself is a fool, but one who walks in wisdom is kept safe. One who gives to the poor has no lack, but one who closes his eyes will have many curses. When the wicked rise, men hide themselves, but when they perish, the righteous thrive. That was Proverbs, that is Michelet, uh, 28. Today's portion from the Apostles is Acts 27. Now, when it was determined that we shall, should sail for Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners to a centurion named Julius of the Augustan band. So embarking in a ship of Adramidium, which was about to sail to places on the coast of Asia, we put to sea, Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, being with us. And the next day we touched at Sidon. And Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him permission to go to his friends and refresh himself. After putting to sea from there, we sailed under the lee of Cyprus, because the winds were contrary. And when we had sailed across the sea, which is off Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. And there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing for Italy, and he put us on board. When we had sailed slowly many days, and had come with difficulty opposite Snidus, the wind not allowing us farther, we sailed under the lee of Crete, opposite Salmon. With difficulty sailing along it, we came to a certain place called Fair Havens, near the city of Lycia. Now when much time had passed, and the voyage was now dangerous because the fast had now already gone by, Paul admonished them and said to them, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only for the cargo and the ship, but also for our lives. But the centurion gave more heed to the master and to the owner of the ship than to those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not suitable to winter in, 
the majority advised going to sea from there, if by any means they could reach Phoenix and winter there, which is a port of Crete looking southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete, close to shore. But before long, a stormy wind beat down from shore, which is called Euroclidon. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. And running under the lee of a small island called Clada, we were able with difficulty to secure the boat. After they had hoisted it up, they used cables to help reinforce the ship. Fearing that they would run aground on the Sirtis sandbars, they lowered the sea anchor and so were driven along. And because we were violently storm-tossed, the next day they began to throw things overboard. On the third day, they threw out the ship's tackle with their own hands. And when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small storm pressed on us, all hope that we would be saved was now taken away. Now when they had been long without food, Paul stood up in the middle of them and said, Sirs, you should have listened to me, and not have set sail from Crete and have gotten this injury and loss. And now I exhort you to cheer up, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel, belonging to the God whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore take heart, men, for I believe, God, that it will be just as it has been spoken to me. But we must run aground on a certain island. Now when the fourteenth night had come, as we were driven back and forth in the Adriatic Sea, about midnight the sailors surmised that they were drawing near to some land, and they took soundings and found twenty fathoms. After a little while they took soundings again and found fifteen fathoms. And fearing that we would run aground on rocky ground, they let go four anchors from the stern and wished for daylight. As the sailors were trying to flee out of the ship and had lowered the boat into the sea, pretending that they would lay out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, Unless these stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the boat and let it fall off. And while the day was coming on, Paul begged them all to take some food, saying, Today is the fourteenth day that you wait and continue fasting, having taken nothing. Therefore I beg you to take some food, for this is for your safety, for not a hair will perish from any of your heads. And when they had said this, and had taken bread, he gave thanks to God in the presence of all, and he broke it and began to eat. And then they all cheered up, and they also took food. And in all, we were 276 souls on the ship. So when they had eaten enough, they began to lighten the ship by throwing out the wheat into the sea. Now when it was day, they did not recognize the land, 
but they noticed a certain bay with a beach, and they decided to try to drive the ship onto it. And casting off the anchors, they left them in the sea. At the same time, untying the rudder ropes, hoisting up the foresail to the wind, they made for the beach. But coming to a place where two seas meet, they ran the vessel aground, the bow struck and remained immovable, but the stern began to break up by the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, so that none of them would swim out and escape. But the centurion, desiring to save Paul, stopped them from their purpose, and commanded that those who could swim should throw themselves overboard first to go toward the land. And the rest should follow, some on planks, and some on other things from the ship. So they all escaped safely to the land. That was Acts 28, and it concludes our readings for today. If you are reading through the Apostles twice this year, you'll be reading Revelation 21 today also. This has been Johanna with Daily Bread for Busy Moms. Shalom from Israel until next time. Thank you.